Welcome back to the Study with the Ant podcast. This is the first episode for the month of November 2021. It's November. Where has the year gone? Um, 2020 seemed to go by rather slowly, but 2021 has definitely flown on by. But for this episode, I want to actually begin by taking you back in time to the year 2013. I am sitting in a small church in a gold mining town, it's a town with a gold mine, um, in West Africa. So Christmas 2013, I'm in a gold mining town in West Africa. Not many people get to say that, but it was good. And for a few weeks leading up to Christmas, the pastor and members of the church were preparing a play on the life of Job. Now, we may think that a play about Job at Christmas is a little different. You know, normally we do the nativity story. Um, but it was very well done. And I've actually recorded it, which was so cool. I was able to record almost all of it till my battery ran out. And uh, there'll be a link in the description where you can go watch that video that I made. But following the performance, Pastor Alfred preached about Job, uh, the life of Job. And it was such a, a powerful message. It's I heard different messages while I was there, but this is the one that stood out. I, I still remember uh, most of it. And it's a message in which Alfred focused on the question, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Now this comes from Job chapter 1 verse 8, and it's repeated in Job chapter 2 verse 3. Uh, let's read from, let me read from cha uh, chapter 1 verse 8, and it says, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? So we see God is asking this question of Satan, and God lays out Job's qualities to Satan. Um, so there's like five qualities. Some might consider it four. For the sake of argument, we'll say it's five. Um, first, there's none like him in the earth. He is a perfect man, an upright man, one who fears God, and number five, escheweth evil. Now, there's two things we might need a question here, like what is an upright man? So this is defined as someone who is strictly honorable and honest. So he is upright. He's not going to be lying to you, going behind your back, sneaking around. He is upright and honest. One who escheweth evil. So to eschew evil or a shoe means to deliberately avoid or abstain from something. So Job is deliberately choosing to avoid that which is evil. And you know, this is powerful. And it's, it's highly likely that you've heard a message about the life of Job and possibly even about uh, this question. But have you done what Alfred did and applied it to yourself? Have you swapped the name Job for your name? Have you thought, would God ask this question about me? Hast thou considered my servant into your name? And if he did ask that question, or what would he say about me? Um, we know, for example, for Lot, God has one good thing to say that he is a, a just man. Or actually two, I guess. A just man and a righteous man. Um, 
we know about David. God says that David is a man after God's own heart. He, he goes on the list of his qualities. Abraham, a friend of God. Um, Moses. Um, I forget the, the, the title now. Hang on. I can find it. I have a lot of these written down. Things that God called and referred to people as. So for Moses, it is man of God. Um, and I think he has another one. Is only that one? Okay. Let me list a few other ones that I have here real quick. So Aaron is the saint of the Lord. Uh, Daniel is greatly beloved. Joshua is the servant of the Lord. Noah, Noah, preacher of right, righteousness. Enoch, please God, walked with God's qualities. Um, Nebuchadnezzar even makes a list of things that God says about people. My servant. Uh, Phineas is said to be zealous for his God. And then Caleb also is referred to as my servant. So God has lots of things to say about people in the Bible. Uh, and those are things that, you know, those are fun to look up. They're fun to find those things that God has to say about people. But have we considered what he would say about us? God calls Job his servant. Now, a servant is one whose subjection to a master is voluntary. He gets to choose who he serves. So Job was not forced to be God's servant. He willing, willingly chose to do so. In addition to being God's servant, he willingly chose to be upright, to eschew evil, and to fear God. He made these choices not because he was forced, but because he chose, he wanted to. It's the same for us today. We are to willingly choose to be God's servants. We are not being forced by God to do anything. It is a free choice, salvation, uh, service, how we live our lives. All of those things are our choice to make. Now, many modern Bible versions like to change the word servant in the New Testament to the word slave. Um, and there's, there's a huge difference in the meaning. Like I said, a servant is one who chooses voluntarily. They have a choice and a slave has no choice. So with like salvation, salvation is a free choice. We get to choose to believe. God does not force us. There are probably many reasons why people over the years have changed these two markedly different words, but we'll leave the discussion for an entire episode on Bible versions, which might come out in 2022. We'll see. Suffice to say, I am a servant of Christ, just as Paul says in Titus 1, 1, and as James says in James 1, 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. He claims to be a servant of God. As a servant, I can choose how I live. Now, God has a desire for me to serve him. And there's some verses we can read along those lines. So pardon me as there's some, going to be some page turning for a moment here. Um, I guess I could have Googled these and or whatever, had these pre written out or whatever, but I failed to do so. So we'll just read them. Good page turning never hurt anyone. All right. So our first one that I'm going to read about um, verses along the lines of how God wants us to serve him will be Romans 12, 1 through 2, which say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here we see Paul is beseeching the brethren that they present their bodies a living sacrifice. So this isn't something that they're being forced to do. It's a a you know a request. He's beseeching, like why why don't you please do this? This is what you should be doing. Um, but that second verse and be not conformed to this world, that's the kicker. That's the hard part is it's, it feels much easier to be conformed to the world than to be in opposition to the world many times. But God wants us to be, uh, living a life that is holy, acceptable unto God, which is as a servant, our reasonable service. All right. The next verse we will go to. Um, all the way back to the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew 6, verses 20, or just one, verse 24, which says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now we see in the life of Job that Job was a very rich man. But Job was willing to, and did lose everything. And yet he was still God's servant. God still said of him, um, here's my servant Job. He's upright. He's, he escheweth evil to Satan. We see that in chapter 2, verse 8. He's still doing what is right. He's serving God. Back to the other end of the New Testament. Colossians 3, verse 23 says... And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. In this life, when we do things, it's very easy to feel like we are trying to please someone. And many times, maybe the person we're trying to please doesn't appreciate what we're doing or doesn't um, appreciate as fully as we would like um, what we are doing. But that's not our objective. If we are wanting to be someone that God says, hast thou considered my servant so-and-so, then what we do needs to be done as to the Lord, as if we're doing it for the Lord, cleaning our car, uh, doing dishes, doing whatever task you have at work. It's to be done not to please your boss, someone in your household, but the Lord. That's the ultimate person we're to be pleasing. All right, on to 1 Peter 4. Hang on, I'm having trouble finding 1 Peter. Fingers going the wrong way. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifest grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. We are to be good stewards. God has given us talents, gifts, um, financial security, any anything you can think of 
comes from God. He is the he is the one who has the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is his. But he's allowing us to prosper, to have a, a great musical voice, a singing voice, a, a talent to play a musical instrument. Those gifts all come from him. And we're to use them to glorify him and to point others to him. Now, back to Galatians here real quick. Trying to move through these reasonably quickly. Galatians 5, 13 and 14 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So for God to say of us, Hast thou considered my servant Job? We are to serve others. Consider our neighbor. Help our neighbor. And that neighbor isn't limited to just the physical person beside us in our community, uh, our neighborhood, but to to others in our community. Letting someone go in front of you in line. um, Helping someone who has a flat tire or has a, if you're mechanically inclined, someone who has a vehicle issue. Uh, Those things are to help those help them. All right, uh, moving on. We're going to go all the way back to 1 Samuel real quick. Um, trying to get there with minimal page turning. All right, almost there. A couple more pages. All right, so 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Of any other reason why we should serve, you know, whether we're, you're concerned with giving glory to God, to helping your neighbor. If nothing else motivates us to serve the Lord, it should be this fact, that consider the great things he hath done for you. Now, this is Samuel speaking to the nation of Israel, who have been brought out of Egypt. They have walked across the Red Sea, not the Reed Sea, I don't care who says that, it, it was the Red Sea, um, the God who provided them with food throughout their wilderness journey, um, that's, this is, this is, the, this is what God has done for us. God has provided salvation. Our sins can be forgiven covered if we accept i i've done that hopefully you have as well but that's what he has done for us he sent his son to come and die on the cross to pay for our sin that is the great thing that he had done for me for you and if nothing else motivates us this verse should motivate us to want to serve him and to want him to be able to say of us hast thou considered my servant It's a good motivation verse. All right. um, One more verse real quick. Back to the New Testament. To John chapter 12. Verse 26. Which says. If any man serve me. Let him follow me. And where I am. There shall also my servant be. If any man serve me. Him will my father honor. We're to serve him. And ultimately. 
The Father will honor those who serve him. Isn't that crazy? The Father will honor those who follow him, those who serve him. I haven't read that verse in a long time. That's a very, very good verse. Um, A good motivation verse as well. So the questions we have to ask are, are we living in a Christ-like manner? Could God say, hast thou considered my servant such and such? And then what qualities would God say about us? Would he say we are faithful, lazy, unkind? Would he say we're patient, caring, righteous, rude? There's so many qualities that he could say about us. Hopefully there are things that are good. But if right now they're not things that are good, we can change that. We can become more Christ-like. Try to do things that line up more with the scripture rather than with our flesh or with ourself. Now, Job is not just the story of a good man who suffered, but a reminder of the type of person God wants us to be. There's so many examples of people in the Bible who were we can learn from, like those I mentioned uh, at the beginning, those who God has something good to say about. So let's see in Job, the servant God is looking for us to be. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Hopefully that was helpful and interesting. Um, And tune in next week for the next episode of the Study with the Ant podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye.